Welcome to Chowder and Grits, the podcast for Virginia Tech and ACC Sports. I'm Justin Cochola alongside Tim Hurth. It is Thursday, October 6th. We're talking Hokies football. We're going to recap the 41-10 thrashing against the University of North Carolina Tar Heels. Uh, we're going to look ahead to uh, our road matchup with the Pitt Panthers. We're going to bring you some Week Five ACC, Week Six ACC picks, actually, and recap uh, where we stand so far this season. But before all that, Tim, happy Thursday. Happy Thursday, indeed. Um, what a great day Thursday is. We're recording on a Wednesday night. Just so happens we got a rescheduled game, which I know you're aware of. Um, at least I hope you're aware of, given your wife's affiliation with SMU. They are currently playing UCF, which I assume is a rescheduled game from last weekend. So, Yeah, no, I uh, actually I didn't know that uh, because, <laughs> shocker, wife isn't a huge football fan, uh, especially <laughs> being from the old pony up institution of SMU but yeah I was uh clicking around on YouTube and I saw that game was live streaming and uh I was like what's uh what's happening here so a little 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 football action but yeah how about your Braves Tim what is that five uh five NL East championships in a row now that's it Brian Snicker getting it done again probably the most improbable one outside of uh the first one um, this one being more improbable, not because of the talent of the team, but just because of how good the Mets had played for 99% of the season. Uh, yeah. but the Braves played, uh, at a, at a, I think 114 game clip since August or July. So that's, uh, a 114 win clip. Um, if you were to extrapolate it out the entire season, so that's pretty impressive baseball from the Braves too. Yeah, I've been enjoying the memes of the uh, either TK Metcalf <laughs> tracking down Buda Baker or the the track guy that runs around the, the baseball freeze. stadium. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, th- those make those make me laugh. But uh, yeah, those are good. Unfortunately for my Orioles, they uh, came up a little bit short. But you know, it was a great season for for Birdland, and hoping they uh, they choose to spend some money wisely in the off season here. But Let's um just get into it, Tim. So the Hokies, they go down 41-10. And actually, before that, just a reminder, appreciate everybody listening. Uh, if this is your first time, subscribe, leave a review, uh, tell your friends, uh, share with uh, your Hokie friends, uh, your non-Hokie friends, anybody who loves college football, uh, let them know about this podcast. And you can also head over to YouTube, uh, type in Shouter and Grits. We've got a... Uh, we post these videos there, too. So th- these are the only videos you'll find if you prefer to listen to your podcast via video. Just jump on over to YouTube. Maybe one day we'll start doing some, like, ACC shorts once um, the ACC isn't such an embarrassment. Or maybe we just make a bunch of embarrassing videos around ACC football. That might be good, actually. But, yeah, maybe so. <clears throat> another weird week in the ACC. We'll talk about that a little bit later. Uh, 41-10 for the Hokies. Um, unfortunately, like not super, not super surprising. Mm-hmm. Um, disappointing, I think, is the best way to kind of sum up the game. Um, and I mean, I'm not going to get on here and be negative Nancy and, you know, be uh, calling for people's heads or anything like that. But it's it is just kind of disappointing to see uh, where the offense is at at this stage in the season. So, I mean. You come in, this is your second ACC game. You're really kind of kicking off the brunt of your ACC schedule. And uh, you're going up against probably one of the worst, if 
I mean, probably the worst FBS defense you will play this season. Um, and they score 10 points. I mean, they basically lay an egg. And uh, it's hard to assess where the team is right now, uh, to be honest, or really where they should be at. I think, you know, defensively, they've been okay. Um, they, they've been great at times. They were okay against West Virginia. They were pretty bad against North Carolina. Uh, a lot of injuries they were dealing with. I think depth is uh, part of what happened on on defense on Saturday. Yep. Um, but if you look at defense, I mean, they've had more returning talent there. Uh, still, obviously, depth is a major issue. Uh, there's still a lack of top-end talent at basically every position on the roster. Uh, good players in spots, elite players, not yet. And, uh, you know, if you look at offense, they've just been unable to figure it out. And you knew they were going to come into the season and trying to piece it together. But I think my biggest issue, and really, I mean, I'm, I'm probably speaking for a lot of people here. I think the biggest issue with the offense this season for me has just been the lack of progress. And if anything, it seems to be regressing at this point. I mean, 10 points against North Carolina for any team in the country, FBS or FCS, especially a Power 5 team, you know, that's that's a red flag. Oh, and yeah. three out of their 11 drives went for 20 yards or more, and that was it. And this is a defense that was allowing 39.5 points per game, over 500 yards allowed per game on defense. And the Hokies ended with 273 total yards with 10 points and average 3.9 yards per play. Ugh. And if you look at it from from where they're at right now, they're the 111th ranked offense in the country. They average 318 yards per game. And to make it worse, three out of the four FBS teams they've played, they haven't even hit the 300-yard mark. They're averaging 279 yards per game against FBS opponents on offense. Yards per play, Tim, third worst in the Power Five at 4.59, and that includes the Wofford game. So you look across the board, they're 13th in the ACC in rushing, passing, and total offense. It's the first time since 1989 that they've been held to 10 points or less in back-to-back -back games. And I just laid out the rest of the stats for you there. And so I think that's been my biggest issue. My biggest issue isn't they're losing games. Again, like, you wanted Virginia Tech to be competitive this year. I think you could have gotten behind that and said, like, you know, that that's a successful season. You know, that's, like, tip of the cap to you. And I think they are being competitive in certain facets of the game. I think special teams, they've been pretty good, especially at the skill positions there on special teams. I think if... You look at defense, I think you should be pretty happy with the defense overall. There's some some things that weren't so great against North Carolina, but North Carolina has a really good offense. They have a lot of that top-end talent, that elite talent, those elite playmakers on the offensive side of the ball. So I can, I can see that. But offensively, man, I mean, we're, we're used to – we've been used to some bad offense at, at Virginia Tech just over the course of history, but – and this is this is pretty pretty rough right now. Yeah, this this offense is 
is very bad. Um, the more concerning thing, which you already alluded to, was the fact that it has been five weeks now, um, and we've seen maybe regression, certainly not improvement from the offense. And if we are going to suck out loud in the manner that we're playing right now, you would hope that you're seeing with a young coaching staff and some young players on offense, but then you got guys like Grant Wells who looks worse now at this moment than he did at Marshall by some degree. Uh, th th that's concerning. Um, and, and the fact that we're still not seeing improvement, we've had the same offensive line since week uh, since we started and Joe Rudolph, who is in, you know, an outstanding offensive line coach, isn't getting much out of those guys. Um, we've got real issues seemingly when it comes to play calling. Uh, it's not gelling for whatever reason right now. And if it's not gelling, we'd hope to see improvement. And we've seen none. We've seen regression. It's hard to understate how much of a wet fart going out and scoring 10 points against you and that UNC defense is. But then you look at the total yards and it's even more concerning. Um, I don't really know what to say about that offensive performance outside of it being very, uh, very painful to watch. The one thing I will say is, you know, my gripes mainly are if we're going to play like this on offense, if we're going to ground and pound, at least attempt to ground and pound, even though we can't get a push on the offensive line, and we're going to be conservative and abuse the sidelines in our passing game. Uh, you use the middle of the field, stretch it out a little bit, lean into Grant Wells' strengths, which are his ability to throw a pretty decent deep ball. Um, but we're not even doing that, uh, which the inflexibility kind of concerns me as a whole. So I guess, you know, I, I'll kick it back to you on that one. Um, I, I just don't know what to say about that offense. And the defense is going to continue to get worse if the offense can't sustain drives. Um, that defense can't play tired. There's not enough depth. And we're starting to see injuries already. It is a bad recipe moving forward. So we're running out of time now. If we want to shoot for a 500 season, five win, four win season, this offense has to figure it out fast. Yeah, they have to figure it out. And I think, um, you know, honestly, <clears throat> and once I watch these games, I'm not going back and watching anything else about it. So it's basically my view of the game as I'm watching on television. And I think, I don't know if this is unpopular belief or not, but I can sit there and watch Grant Wells play quarterback and I can feel pretty good about how he's playing most of the time. You know, if you look at like his turnover total, it pops off the page at you, but that was really kind of in the first game. So I kind of just take it with a grain of salt. The issue with Wells is, like, he'll just have these throws where it's like, you know, what are you doing? You know, yeah, he, a three he called out it out in the press coverage kind of thing. He called it he called it out in the press conference about it was a disguise coverage. I don't I don't think so. I mean, if you if you're watching it live, like it, it didn't look like a disguise. It looked like the linebacker was standing back just ready to catch the ball that was thrown directly to him. So, you know, I think that's been the biggest issue with, with Wells is just he'll play good enough. I'm not going to say he's playing great, but he's playing good enough, uh, I think, with the circumstance around him. But he's got to stop making those just horrific throws. And, I mean, if you look at the ODU game, he had a, a couple in that game. And two of those picks I, I don't really put on him, but uh, two of them definitely were. 
And so I think Mm -hmm. he's got to get more consistent from that standpoint. Um, I I think one of my bigger frustrations, and I don't know if this was a health thing or not, Tim, but Kashawn King had nine carries for 52 yards in the first half, had a couple of nice catches. Uh, You could tell he probably didn't look 100% because there was a couple of plays there. You felt like a healthy Kashawn King probably takes those to the house. Oh, yeah. Um, He touched the ball one time in the second half. And that was on a kickoff. So Sweet. you basically took the best part of your offense and you just removed it from the game. And I just I have a hard time understanding why that is and why that continues to happen, because it, it wasn't just in this game. It's it's a common theme. And the game wasn't out of breach at the no. start of the second half. It should have been three points closer than it was. 21 to 10, but Virginia Tech's defense takes their foot off the brake in the last possession of every single half, it feels like, you know, especially going back to that West Virginia game. Just allowed North Carolina to drive up the field in 22 seconds and get off a field goal. But he didn't give him the the ball at all. I mean, was he injured? Because it doesn't, I don't think so. Uh, He didn't leave the game with an injury. Like he was in the game at times. He just wasn't getting the ball. Mm-hmm. So there's some issues there. And just another concern I have is like, you know, if you pay attention to the ACC at all outside of Virginia Tech, you know, you saw Georgia Tech beat Pitt last week. Georgia Tech was a 22 point underdog. They had just fired their head coach and athletic director and they go up to Pittsburgh and they beat the best team in the coastal by what I would say is a landslide this year. It's not even yeah. close. And that's not saying great things about Pitt. That's just how bad the Coastal is. Right. Pitt's an average football team. But they're head and shoulders above where everybody else is right now in the Coastal Division. And they went up there, and they beat them. Right. I just don't even think that's possible right now with how Virginia Tech's offense is playing. Like You would literally have to play a perfect game defensively and on special teams to even have a remote shot at winning a football game right now. And that that's just that just can't happen. And it, it's yeah. not going to happen. No, your offense isn't even going to give you a fighter's chance right now. Um, that's how poorly they're playing. And and I get it. I've I, you know, I've thrown out the lack of talent excuse. <clears throat> but what we're seeing is above talent issues right now. Even with talent issues, you should be able to get a little bit more out of that offense. You think well, Duke has a talent issue? No, oh, they definitely have a talent issue. They're Duke, but look at what they're doing. T- talent is is part of the equation, not the be all end all. Now, right. I've given a lot of grace because I realized that this team wasn't recruited for that scheme. These aren't Joe Rudolph's recruits from an offensive line perspective. I've given all that, but what I've seen from that offense is highly concerning. Um, and there are issues that have not gotten better. And maybe I could tolerate some of it if there was even a, a modicum of improvement, but there's not. So, yeah, it, good luck the rest of the season. That's If it continues in this way, I'm in team, just go ahead and throw in as many freshmen as you can on that side of the ball and let them learn. That's where I'm at right now. Other thoughts on North Carolina, and I agree. Um I think the only thing they would be concerned about there is just red shirts and maintaining that extra year of eligibility. So 
sure you know that would come into play so i would suspect depending on how the rest of october goes uh which it looks like rocky roads ahead um <laughs> i think we'll probably be seeing an influx of freshmen in those november games yeah. um but other other thoughts on North Carolina, you know, I think, uh, like I said earlier, depth kind of reared its head, especially in the secondary. You had Jalen Stroman out for the first half with targeting, and then uh, Marty Chapman got hurt. So you had uh, two true freshmen back there playing. I thought they played pretty well, actually. They did, but, yeah. Um, you know, they're, they're going against one of the better offenses in the country, uh, not just the ACC. I mean, Drake May overall, I mean – it's just a guy being a dude, as our old friend, uh, what's his face, would say <laughs> up in Boston. Steve Adazio. Yeah. Adazio. Um, you know, he played three and a half quarters. He had 436 total yards. He had five touchdowns. And, you know, maybe he's the best quarterback UNC's ever had. I'm okay to say that at this point because it appears he's a pretty dynamic athlete. Uh, he will give UNC a chance to win no matter who they're playing, uh, no matter how bad their defense is they will at least probably be in the game at some point. Now, if you look at Notre Dame, Notre Dame pretty much controlled that game. And, you know, they they came back a little bit at the end. But, you know, I think the one thing with him, uh, you know, that I kind of laughed at as it happened um, was just how ridiculous he was playing late in the game uh, with his own, yeah. you know, health on the line where he tried to hurdle a guy. Yeah. And then, I mean, I thought he was I thought he had broke something. Yeah. Because he goes just flying through the air, and it's like, dude, you're up like four touchdowns. What are you doing? And if I were Mac Brown, I, I would have yanked him out of the game at that point. I was shocked they let him come back in the game. The game was over. The game was in hand. Right. You know, Virginia Tech couldn't move the ball, so he's, he needs to get that in check. The one, the one thing that hurt, Tim, this is probably the worst statistic that's not an offensive statistic out of the game. Hokies had allowed eight passes of 20 yards or more through four games. Uh, Drake May had nine completions that went for more than 20 yards in that game. So uh, that that's just the kick in the that hurts, in the you man. know where. But um, and then we've already talked about Keyshawn King. Yep. And uh, the drive before halftime. So I mean, it's um, you know, just just the little things. I think uh, you know not surprised by the outcome of this game um if you look across the board talent wise north carolina obviously has a lot more talent in the cupboard they don't utilize it to their advantage every week uh, which is why they're in the situation they're in Mm -hmm. they've gotten away with some wins early in the season they play in the acc so uh, i think their win total will be a little more inflated than it would be if they played in a better conference like the Sun Belt. But for now, um, I think, you know, they are what they are. You're as good as your record says, and I think they're four and one. So that is what it is. True. And, you know, I think you're spot on on everything you said. Uh, Drake May is wholly impressive. And, yeah, it's a little early to be saying he's UNC's best quarterback ever, but the talent is obviously there to do that. I mean, who is UNC's best quarterback ever? Ronald Curry? Darian Durant. No, Ronald Curry was a huge disappointment. Um, <laughs> who was the best? Uh, Mitch Trubisky I mean, only Howell. played half the snaps. Uh, <laughs> oh yeah, Sam, Sam Howell. How could I forget Sam Howell? Yeah, Sam Howell. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The commander. Of I'm the just commanders. saying. I, I don't mean like at this point, but it, it appears that after the dust settles and his career is over, there's a good there's a good shot he's at the top there. Yeah. 
for sure. Drake Drake May looked very impressive, and as much as it pains me to say, he may be the best quarterback in the ACC. Well, yeah, especially, I mean, it's just the quarterback play in the ACC has been just stunningly awful this year. I mean, mm-hmm. if you look at, like, Tyler Van Dyke and Brennan Armstrong and Phil Dracovic, I mean, Devin Leary. all those guys have, yeah, Devin Leary, they've all taken, like, massive steps back. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, and yeah, I think I, two of them, I think Devin Leary and Brennan Armstrong are suffering right now from a couple offensive coordinators who need to figure it out. Um, Devin Leary, you don't magically go from 36 touchdowns and four interceptions to not being able to throw more than 20. Uh, Interesting how uh, Clemson's offense is starting to figure it out. And then Virginia's offense looks, looks like Clemson's offense Clemson's did last offense year. Last yeah. year. Highly What's the common denominator there? I don't know. You'd have to tell me. I don't know. Yeah. Oh, I think it's the coach. Um, I think it is too. Uh, and you know, that's look, Brendan Armstrong is a good quarterback. I'm not going to sit here and BS you because he's a rival and tell you he's not good. I can't stand to see what he's going through because he's much better than he's playing right now. And you know, the similar frustrations with what Tim Beck's doing to Devin Leary. Um, you know, it's, it's interesting to me how much these schemes and how much tweaks and how much the loss of one or two maybe key wide receivers or running backs can really impact these guys to such a huge degree. I and mean, we saw it a little bit with Sam Howell, not like this. So moving on to the pit game. Do we have to? You know, the, the Panthers, they're 3-2. Uh, they're and two. They're 0-1 and in the ACC after that shocking loss to Georgia Tech last week. Where again, they were 22-point home favorites uh their other loss came to tennessee in overtime a game in which i think they probably win if keaton slovis doesn't leave with a concussion um nick patty i believe is their backup and he played well at times in the game but limited as far as uh what he can do offensively either way always cool under pressure uh pitt not the same team they were last year, as uh, to be expected. Uh, probably still the best team in the Coastal, as we mentioned. Um, they've got more of a running game than they've had in the last few years. Mm-hmm. But I think as far as, like, keys to the game, and you know, I'm not going to dwell on these games anymore. But they're pretty pretty simple, as the keys were last year. I think the biggest key for Virginia Tech, and I I swear, Tim, if it doesn't happen this week, I don't think it's ever going to happen. They've got to start trying to stretch the field. (laughs) Please. Okay? I mean, if you look at Pitt defensively, they primarily play man coverage. Yes. They rank 79th nationally in explosive play rate. That's every 12% 12 of their plays, they've given up an explosive play. It's 20 yards or more. This is another opportunity for the Hokies to leverage Grant Wells' ability to throw the ball down the field. Let him do it. I don't care if he throws three picks, four picks. No. You want to move the ball down the field. And it's got it's you've got to get a spark somewhere offensively. Yeah. It doesn't appear it's gonna happen in the run game. Maybe it will. But if you leverage his arm strength and his ability to throw the ball down the field like he did at Marshall so well last year, then maybe your offense opens up a little bit. 
Maybe they have to respect you. Maybe that opens up the run game because they're putting more focus on the secondary. Maybe Add some excitement to this offense. Positive yards before first contact. Um, there are so many things in this offense that could benefit from stretching the field. If you've got a guy that cannot throw deep, I certainly understand. You know, there were uh, times with NC State, um, and I can't remember the the quarterback's name right now, but he was shortly after uh, Philip Rivers. Um, couldn't throw the ball more than 20, 30 yards down the field. Uh, so NC State couldn't stretch the field. You got no excuse right now. Um, speed at wide receiver might not be there. Put Cole Beck at wide receiver and just let him run straight. I mean, as freaking hard as he can run, just let him run straight and try to hit him. Do something. What we can't do is continue to do the same damn thing week in and week out and think that it's going to get better because that's what we've done now for three straight games. Um, and it's quite clear it's regression at this point. So shake it up, do whatever you got to do, mix it up, start using the middle of the field, other portions of the field that, you know, you're not currently using anything right now. The good news, you got nothing to lose at this point. Can't get much worse yep. than last week. Just, just another game. Yep. You know, uh, the next key is to pressure Slovis. I think if you've watched any pit games this year, uh, they do seem vulnerable at, up front at that offensive line position. You know, Tennessee's defense wasn't very good. Keaton Slovis was like a ragdoll in that game. The guy was on his back constantly. Yeah. So he's more of a pocket passer. He can still move around. You know, he's not a statue back there, but the ideal situation for Pitt is to be able to run the ball, run some play actions to really open up the passing game. You know, I think if you look at Abanaconda, you know, he's definitely a bit of a game breaker on the offensive side of the ball. He could definitely hit a home run and, and take it to the house on any given snap. Uh, he's not super consistent from a yards per carry standpoint, but he does have that home run ability. Um, and what I'd say, too, is this pit offense is, is probably a step down from what we saw from West Virginia and North Carolina, but it's still solid and they could still score points. So you've got to figure out a way to get after the quarterback. You know, I think if, you know, if you take last week out of it, Virginia Tech's found a way to pressure the quarterback without sending a lot of pressure, um, winning that, that battle up front. And I think that's key to this game. They've got to stay committed in the run game and really, really take away that pass because, you know, I'm not sure what the health of the secondary is at this point, but either way, you've got Doreen Strong, who's trying to battle back. He didn't even travel with the team last week. Armani Chapman is dinged up. So we don't know exactly what that Virginia Tech secondary is going to look like, but uh, there's probably going to be some young guys in there at times. Yeah, you're absolutely right. It's going to be absolutely important to pressure. Um, for all the reasons you mentioned, uh, you know, Tennessee's defensive line has got some big boys, got some real talent. Uh, we don't have the same uh, physicality or size, but I, I do think we've shown early on this season through some creative blitz packages that Brent Price called up to some great play by some defensive linemen that we can get pressure on the quarterback. Um, if we give him an eternity to throw against that secondary with an offense that can't stay on the field, recipe for disaster. Third and final key, Tim, establish the run. You know, I think, um, I don't know if it's good news or not, but Malachi Thomas is listed on the depth chart uh, this week. He's the fourth back listed uh, behind King, Holston, Black, and uh, then you find Malachi Thomas. So not sure if he plays, but uh, it'd be great to see him out there. Uh, I think King's health is in question. Does he play? I, I'm assuming he plays. I mean, 
He's yeah. not really showing up on the injury report. Um, but can he get those that volume that that we would love for him to get to really open up this game? I think if you look at last week, <clears throat> how Georgia Tech won is they ran the football. They had 236 yards rushing. Uh, Pitt only had 106. So if the Hokies can somehow find the run game, eat clock, control the pace of the game offensively, uh, they should have a chance to win. Uh, of course, that's asking a lot based off of how this offense has looked. But I think the question will be, you know, there, there's there's been a, a the coaches alluding to it. Like I think we're we're closer than it looks. And I think you know if if you think back to some of uh, Frank Beamer's quotes back in the day, you know things are never as great as they seem and they're never as bad as they seem. So how close is this offense to finding footing? You know. It hasn't looked close, but if it's close, like the coaches are saying, we got to start seeing some steps forward. And I think that's really going to start uh, with establishing the run uh, to really help open up the rest of the offense. So those are my three keys, Tim. I don't know if you have anything else to add there. No, I mean, you've touched on everything. Uh, the, the game plan and the keys are real simple at this point. Um You've had the season that we've had. We, you kind of know the clear weaknesses and areas needed for improvement, and that's all I want to see. That's my key to the game. I don't care if you win. Show me a pulse. Show me improvement. That's all yeah. I want to see on that offensive side of the ball. Be in the game. Show me there's an understanding of what needs to be shored up and, and what needs to improve. Go out there and improve it. Um, I don't need, you know, the – 2020 chiefs out there um just give me some damn improvement man uh right now we're putting you know we're putting an offense out there that would make uh the military academies you know blush because of how bad they are so let's fix that or at least attempt to so what's your uh what's your prediction for the game tim um Still part of me that wants to pick Virginia Tech because I'm an absolute lunatic. <laughs> um, and the fact that I'm not enamored with Pitt at all. Um, this is not UNC's offense. This is going to be a much easier offense for us to shut down. Now, the question is, can we score double digits? Can we break well, 10 points? I mean, we're scoring we're scoring double digits, Tim. <laughs> it's just hard to get past 10. <laughs> So, you know what? Yeah, I'm, I think we'll probably score double digits. But I'm so sick in the head. 24-21 Virginia Tech. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> Let's go. Oh man. I don't. None. This. This is. You want to see insanity? You're you're that. looking at it in somewhat high definition right now. This says it's 1080p, but I don't think it's very high definition. Um. um Yes, give me 24-21 Virginia Tech because I am an absolute lunatic. Yeah, I need to see progress uh, offensively, you know, before I before I can pick Virginia Tech in the game at this point. I think um, I was watching the Frank Beamer documentary on ACC Network this week, and, you know, thinking back to when we were in school, when the ACC ran through Blacksburg, um, you know, those offenses weren't great. And honestly, mm-hmm. like if they had been better, you know, maybe Virginia Tech has a national championship or two. I think um, so. Or at least another appearance. Um, 
This is not that situation because the defense is not an elite defense. The defense is okay. I've been happy with the defense overall. The defense uh, is above average, I would say. But the offense is on par with I shouldn't even say on par. It's worse than it was back then at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's just not a sustainable model. So I think until Virginia Tech is able to establish uh, some kind of offensive life, pulse, um, pulse that's the word yeah. I'm looking for, um, I, I'm just not going to be able to pick them. So I'm going to go uh, Pitt 31, Virginia Tech 13. Um We'll get past the 10-point mark, but uh, yeah, I just have a feeling it's just going to be another not-so-pretty pretty game for the Hokies, so we'll see. Again, I hope I'm wrong. I always do if I pick against Virginia Tech, but um, that is, uh, that's kind of where I'm at right now. Let's move into our ACC picks, Tim. So uh, that's a good transition, actually, because I, I did some some digging. I didn't have our records for last week. We've missed a couple of weeks in here, so... The records are a little uh, leaner than they would be at this time. We were tied going into last week, both at eight and ten. Um, you went five and one last week, and Bring of course your one your one loss was picking the Hokies. And we're gonna keep that tradition alive, baby. Let's go. And then uh, I went two and four last week. Just a just a mm. pretty abysmal week overall. So. I'm 10 and 14 at the moment. You're 13 and 11. Okay. So you're you're tracking. I'm pretending I'm the Braves and you're the Mets right now. That's all that matters. <laughs> um, but let's get into it. So week six picks. You just picked Virginia Tech, and uh, I picked Pitt, Louisville. Now I get the points at, though, right? Like in this format, that's we're not doing yes. a money line on that one, right? Yes, we're just that's true. Okay, that's true. Okay, okay. that's true. So. Yeah. The the money line's fourteen and a half, so you're okay, great. you're taking yeah. Virginia Tech. Yeah, I think Virginia Tech's gonna win, but if we get within seven, I'll feel like I have something to celebrate. Yeah, I'm taking Pitt. Yeah. Um, Louisville at UVA. Uh, Cardinals are a minus three point favorite. Disappointing loss to Boston College. A, a, another shocker in the Very. ACC last week. Thirty four thirty three defeat. Uh, Scott Satterfield, I don't know how much more time he has left in Louisville. He just cannot stay consistent. Uh, it's just not a consistent program, uh, not a consistent product on the field week in and week out. That being said, I'm going to go, uh, I'm going to go Lee Cunningham and the Louisville Cardinals to, uh, take care of business on the road in Charlottesville. Yeah. It's like, uh, the Satterfield theory or Satterfield conundrum, whatever you want to call it. When picking Louisville, the best way to move forward is if they had a bad game the week before take them to have a good game if they had a good game the week before take them to make a mess in the bed so give me the cardinals yeah and i learned my lesson last week i'm done picking uva well i told you mm. chestnut hill yeah. is a weird place man well i mean i'm, I'm talking uva here so i picked uva over uh, uh, last week. gotcha um also not a good was, idea uh, that was a mistake so <laughs> Uh, speaking of Duke, Duke minus three and a half on the road at Georgia Tech. Who you got? <clears throat> so you got the new interim coach bounce that we saw last week. You got a Duke team that is really well coached. Um, 
especially on the defensive side of the ball. You got Riley Leonard, who looks good. Um, give me Duke. I'm going to take Duke as well. I'm not messing around. I think uh, Georgia Tech's little win there comes crashing back down to earth. Th- that's borderline lock of the week material there. I would have I would have felt so much better if it was just minus three. Yeah, um, true. but that that half point I just don't I just don't like that half point. I've yeah, been robbed does. by that half point so many so many times in my life. Especially this uh, season. Here's my lock of the week, Tim. UNC plus three and a half at Miami. Miami has been the biggest disappointment in the ACC this season, which is saying a lot because there's been a lot of disappointments. Mm-hmm. Um, the offense looks atrocious. They've got Tyler Van Dyke, who was an absolute stud last year, and they benched him this season. Yeah. Which is just hard to believe. It's I hard can't. To, it's I, hard I to can't even process it. He's you know, probably going to be looking for a new school. Maybe he wants revenge next year. Maybe you want to hit the, the transfer portal. <laughs> just saying. <laughs> You know, come on up to the Berg. Huh? <laughs> we could use I don't, you. I don't think they. I don't think they play in 23. Maybe they do. Oh, I hope so. Since since they won't play every year. Right. Which know. yeah, we won't go down that rabbit hole. I'd spend 10 minutes yeah, on that's, it. That's that's an off season conversation. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm going North Carolina. I think uh, with how Miami has played this year, uh, they've been very consistent on both sides of the ball. They've shown in inability to score a lot of points against decent opponents and uh the one thing unc is good at is scoring a lot of points so uh i'm gonna go ahead and take unc i think they win the game so i feel good about that plus three and a half good i'm I'm glad you feel good um here's the thing though unc success and offense come when they out athlete the defense uh you saw an evenly matched defense as from an athletic standpoint notre dame UNC didn't quite have the same success they normally have. What Miami does have is athletes. Um, so here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to make hate, it real I hate this argument for simple. Miami, though. I'm it's gonna always make it this real argument. Simple. And they always suck. Well, here's the it's thing. It's always this argument. In order, if you're going to be matched up on the athlete side here, right, you got two, I think, two poorly coached teams. Miami, UNC. It's in Coral Gables, right? It's in Miami. Yeah, so like 10 people will be there. Right. A little humidity, maybe extra humidity. It's going to be a little sticky, right? Those guys at UNC don't like playing ball down there in that humidity. Right? So, no. And it it might rain. And we know how UNC's football team is when there's even a drop of rain. So, give me Miami. They're going to be the speed on the side of the football with Miami on defense, we'll be able to match up with the high-flying offense that UNC runs. Now, I think that was a big problem with what happened last week for us. We can't match athletically with UNC, um, but I do think Miami can. Now, the question is going to be, are they going to be able to score enough points? I think, obviously, your stance here is that they won't. My stance here is that I hope so. So I'm going to take Miami. Not lock of the week. Just so tired of that argument for Miami. I know you are. It's it's the same argument same every for, time. Same for North Carolina. On, I mean, if you look at how bad they are defensively, it's a joke. Uh, Clemson at Boston College. BC Ass. is a twenty and a half point dog. 
I'll take the dog on that one. Now, I think they're probably going to lose by two touchdowns, but I will. It's the Ch- Chestnut Hill theory, man. It's a weird place. They're definitely um, going to lose, but I'm also going to to take the points and go BC there. Yeah. Uh, I just don't like big spreads with Clemson. I mean, mm-hmm. their their offense has been better, uh, but uh, yeah, I'm just still not sold. It still didn't look great. You just doesn't. Since. Okay, so we we dropped the recording there for a second, but we're back. So yeah, uh, Chestnut Hill, BC. Plus 20 and a half. Seems like a good take with Clemson's offense not being so uh, bueno sure. uh, these days. But yeah, DJU, he's just not, he doesn't pass the eye test for me still. I'm just not sold on him. It's not sold. I mean, he's 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 looking better. Um, and he does every now and then make a throw that makes your jaw drop. But the issue with DJU is, uh, you know, making the throws that should be easy not look so complicated. Um, putting the ball where it needs to be. And, you know, if you are able to pressure him, which is going to be key, DJU, not so great under pressure. Army at Wake. Demon Deeks, a 17-point favorite. Army, one and three. What do you got? I guess they're thinking the option offense slows the game down enough to where Wake can't separate would be my only guess. But give me Wake 17 all day on that. I mean, that's... Yeah. That's my lock of the week right there. Um, yeah, no again, like I don't. Army, but. I I like uh, see Wake deterred me with the big spread against Liberty. Um, of course they won the game by one, but I believe they were like a 16 point favorite. Mm-hmm. Don't think that's gonna happen. The same style of game, but I'll I'll take Wake. Just not as the lock of the week. Yeah. Uh, Florida State. Coming off of their uh, loss to Wake Forest, actually. Uh, which, again, uh, I'm sad I missed the deadline on that bet because I would have emptied the account on Wake Forest. Right. Uh, I don't understand why Florida State was a seven-point favorite in that game. Yeah, that was um, But, yeah, everybody was excited about Florida State. So, Florida State at number 14 NC State. Wolfpack are a three-point favorite. Who you got? Hammer that Wolfpack button. Um, I think they're going to bounce back from the loss at Clemson. Um, they're going to be much happier to play a defense that isn't Clemson uh, this week. And there is a lot for Devin Leary and that offense to prove. And I expect them to go out there and get a 7.14 point one. I agree. I'm going to go with uh, NC State there. So um, the only thing I'd look for with NC State is just like did Clemson – beat you two weeks in a row you know i think that's always the danger coming off a game like that very fair Uh, you've got kind of a hungry-ish florida state team Mm -hmm. uh they're trying to get back on track so uh definitely um definitely going to be a good one i think but uh i do think nc state survives and and wins by probably a touchdown so gonna be some heavy lifting from dave dorn and company on that one that's going to be a hell of a coaching job to get that team back on track and from a, a morale standpoint. And I, I think they'll do it, but you're right. It's an absolutely uh, a probability or a, a high possibility that, that that Clemson does beat them two weeks in a row. Um, we'll see. So that's our show. Thanks for listening. Uh, be sure to hit that subscribe button. Uh, leave a review, five stars preferably. And again, share this with, uh, with everybody you know, especially your Hokie fans, your ACC football fans. And uh, head over to YouTube, 
type in Chowder and Grits or go to chowderandgrits.com. You can find everything there. Uh, Tim, any final words before we sign off? I like that Frank Beamer quote. Things are never as good as they seem. Things are never as bad as they seem. Something to that. Yeah. Let's let's keep that in mind as we watch the Hokies offense this weekend. Yeah, there is I a, mean, um, there's a very good chance that we see further regression. Um, and one thing I don't like is the amount of nonsense that I've seen on social media in regards to bashing the staff, bashing you know the players specifically uh, by name. Don't do that. Don't engage in that. Be better than that. This is a rebuilding year. I thought we were all aware of that. Maybe we're not. Um, but try to find little victories in the game because I'm not sure an actual victory is going to occur. Yeah, I mean, listen, rebuilds, they just kind of suck, you know? Um, but they need to happen in order to grow. So you just have to trust the process. Sometimes it's better to tear it down and start anew than to try and fix a fix a hole on an old boat, if you know what I mean. So... That's and rebuilds, right? Is. Exactly. Look at the look at the Atlanta Braves. Took a three-year rebuild. Some of the worst baseball I've ever watched. It was absolute hell. Five straight division titles in a World Series to show for it to this point. So the grass is sometimes greener on the other side of that rebuild. Yeah. We can all, as baseball fans, especially Orioles fans, hope that happens for us. Yeah. <laughs> right, Thanks for listening. We're shouting grits. Go Hokies and see you guys next week. Take it easy.